When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I'm Casey Cassis. I'm one of the owners of Mr. Sizzles, uh, and I'm sitting with my husband, Chris. How you doing? Um, basically, during the pandemic, we decided we didn't want to go back to working for other people, and saw this place was open. Perks closed their doors, so we just went to work and quit our jobs in January, and here we are. clothing here I mean staff shoes and aprons and I mean they left literally everything and apparently they did it at all the locations they had so um you know as a new business in a time when you can't get equipment you can't you know you're just kind of fighting to survive it was a nice little bonus for us sure did this previous staff show up randomly when you guys opened and asked no. for their belongings no I don't even I like, if they did, they've never said, oh, I used to work at Perks, you know? So, not that I'm aware of. And again, it was such a crazy time because it was, you know, it was, the, the pandemic was really happening. Like, yeah. everything was shut down and... Right. That's wild. So, did you, when you guys bought this place, or basically signed the lease for this place, did you have in a clause that says everything inside is ours now? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. We were able to do a lot of wheeling and dealing because of, you know, what was going on during that time of, you know. So we signed our... People weren't renting spaces out, you know. No, so we, like, you know, 
we got to put a little COVID clause in the lease. So, it, you know, everything kind of was coming up Casey and Chris for a little bit, which was really nice. <laughs> That's fascinating. What, what was your expectation? Did you think that someone was going to come back and like, be like, hey, this is ours? Were you expecting a fight or no? We didn't really know what to expect. Um, we knew in the past, we won't, we won't name names, but we <laughs> knew in the past there had been some issues with a tenant that took an ax to the bar um, and destroyed it on his departure. And so, you know, it's Buffalo. Like, yeah. you know, we're freaking tough. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I'm like an old school North Buffalo Italian girl. Like, you, oh, yeah. you come in the middle of the night, you know how to <laughs> jack a car. <laughs> So when you first, like, what was the condition in when they left and what type of renovations or remodeling did you guys have to do? I mean, it wasn't in bad condition. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't Mr. Sizzles. Mm -hmm. It was a, it was a coffee shop. So we, we tore pretty much everything out, the old bar. Um, this was like a chalkboard wall behind us. You know, we ripped that down and we just built everything from scratch. It, it looked completely different. So you know, basically everything you see inside of the space was not here. Um, the bar went parallel with Normal Street, and, uh, you know, we ripped everything out. The bar was, like, two and a half inches shorter than your standard bar height, so when people gotcha. sat at it, like, mm. their ass was like, oh hanging God. out. They couldn't, like, get their legs under all the way. Um, the wall that separates our bar from the kitchen, that wasn't there. We built that. Okay. Uh, same with the counter. Um, the bench behind us, we built that. It was... You know, it, it looked like a coffee shop. There sure. was a like a dirty sofa and an old piano in here and like coloring books and, you know, just like stuff you would see at a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. That had to be, pro I mean, we talk a lot about silver linings and a lot of this stuff, but this business that just got up and left, they didn't have time to like, if you're closing a business, some people that have ill intentions could like destroy the business and screw the next person over. But this situation here, if they just picked up and left, it probably was in very good condition. Yeah. Based off of what you guys were probably expecting. I'm, I'm surprised that you're like not a restaurant worker because that's like a thing in oh, restaurants. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if a restaurant's closing, nobody, like the owners don't tell the staff because it gets, you know, they're afraid it's going to get ransacked. Sure. So, you know, it's always like pretty hush hush. I mean, this I think was just a totally different scenario, right. but it was also like a very strange time in the world. I mean, you got to think it was. January 2021 restrictions were just kind of starting to get lifted like there was a lot of misguidance from the state nobody really knew what was happening from day to day you kind sure. of lived in this perpetual fear of I could not have a job tomorrow and have to reapply for unemployment that could take six months for me to get again so you know it was just kind of a strange time for I think restaurants and restaurant like owners mm -hmm. and you know and, and employees but no nobody I mean, the stuff was like gross. Yeah. <laughs> so we, poor Chris, like you know, Charlie work. So he scrubbing out freezers. <laughs> scrubbing out. Free I mean, there was like I remember there was a pop top freezer and he opened it and I just saw his face and he was like, oh my god, like what the fuck is this? And it was <laughs> so bad. It was like um, like an ice, like a gelatinous like ice cream meat soup like floating around in this freezer mold. Like it was it was gross. And so they had turned the power off and they had been gone for probably six months before we got into the space so like all of that stuff had been decomposing oh, in the fr fridges and freezers okay. we don't we don't drink alcohol anymore because we we're big party animals and uh 
that made you want to start again, I'm sure. Well, yeah. I, I, like, I remember we were cleaning the one day, and I looked at Chris, and I was like, why is there an open bottle of vodka next to you? And he was like, I'm st-, and then he goes, I'm sticking my nose in the bottle and smelling it because it, the cooler smells so bad. So he would like oh, scrub, okay. and then he'd walk over to this 750 milliliter bottle of like cheap the, vodka, the, like four dollar <laughs> bottle, liter bottle, or whatever of vodka, and he would just stick his nose in it and smell it, and then like dive back into the the cleaning portion. But you know, it all worked out, and we were here. We had nothing but time on our hands. There was nothing to do, sure. and mm-hmm. so we just you know cleaned and and brainstormed right yeah yeah oh yeah so what was those conversations like between the name what you wanted to offer uh patrons and then kind of like a theme because i'm sure all of that was all encompassing well we originally had a different concept for across the street okay um you know we had partnered up with a husband and wife there's actually four owners to, uh, to mr sizzles and uh, john and misha pantalina we couldn't have done it without them um and he has that building across the street and we were going to do a restaurant together and you know covid happened and just threw such a wrench in it it was so disheartening you know casey and myself were like well what are we going to do you know we have young kids the place we were working for at the time was just the worst most evil company in the world and it i mean we just felt so defeated you know we're like Mm -hmm. what are we going to do and um you know, John's just a risk taker, and he really believed in Casey and myself. And he wanted it to be a coffee shop again. He did. And you're like, dude, like, did you not hear that we used to be huge partiers? Like, we don't drink coffee <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, yeah. like, you know we, what I mean? Like, I know, I know like a ton coffee. about alcohol, but sure. like, that's I mean, that's like about it. <laughs> so we, uh, you we know, talked him into it. We're we, like, yeah, we talked him into it pretty heavily, which was I was helping the best uh, decision we could make. Yeah, I was helping somebody open a burger restaurant outside of Philadelphia. And um, I had all these ideas. Like, I really, again, COVID, you have all this free mm-hmm. time. I was just, I dove into the project just for really something to do. And I just had burgers on the mind. And I was getting so excited. And I, I, th- I thought I was on a roll. And I gave them all these ideas. A brioche roll. <laughs> hey. oh, That's a little dad joke for a little burger joke for you. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, he didn't use any of the ideas. And then this property came open and I was like, I was just annoyed. You know, I'm like, I'm not doing coffee. I don't know shit about it, you know, but I, I don't want to wake up early and, you know, so. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like we don't want to wake up at, you know, 5 a.m. Yeah, right. and put the pot on like we're, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we just. Yeah. It, there's a, there's a lot of love, like with any restaurant, there's a ton of love that goes into it. Like down the street from us, we have this awesome coffee shop called Remedy House. And like you walk in that door and you're like, holy shit like this is a coffee shop like i mean it could be like a, you know it could be somebody's house like it's gorgeous sure. inside you know and they just put like love in every single cup of coffee that you have and that's great if you know coffee, what you're doing but like, <laughs> yeah really you know aside yeah. from like hitting the on button like i don't you know we drink coffee mm-hmm. but i don't know how to do any of that stuff so so you know, yeah this he had a hard on for coffee for a long time but we talked him out of it but then it just clicked, you know, all these things I was doing with these other guys that they didn't use. I looked at Casey and I thought I was going to have to like sell her on it. And I'm like, what about burgers? And she just like looked at me, you know, right through my friggin' head. She's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So that's awesome. You know, it was on. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, the early stages of like menu development and concept development was like just the brainchild of Chris. And so, you know, we were at his dad's house in Rochester and he was like outside playing frisbee with our 
our daughter and ran inside and he's like we're doing burgers i'm like he's like we're doing smash burgers i'm like i don't know what the hell that is <laughs> but okay and he was like you know burgers like take the ball and you throw it on the flat top and you just smash it down there is a fly in here that is driving me crazy yeah. um so yeah so he was like you know this is what we're gonna do and he had been talking to his cousin about all this stuff and um i was like i, I think that sounds like an awesome idea you know i i I don't super love like a, a like a thick burger. Like mm-hmm. I, it's just it's just not for me. It's the same with like a sub. I always end up pulling half the meat yeah. off, or like it's just it's just too much for me. Um, and so when we cook burgers at home, that's what it is. They're just like you know paper thin and just stacked with a bunch of crap that you want on them, and they're delicious and so they're quick and greasy and delicious. Like just so how a burger smash supposed to be. burger is, is you just smash it down. Yep. Yeah. So it's a it's, it's a, like a full fat burger. So it's like it's, it's a, a it's a blend. It's a seventy thirty blend of uh, ground chuck and fat, and it's a four ounce ball. You throw on the flat top, and then you smash it, and it cooks perfect. It gets like a through. real like crispy, yeah, the like fa- fat layer on it. Mm. So like when you bite into it, it's got like a little bit of a crunch. So it's got super good texture, um, and it because you're cooking it at a high heat and you're smashing it down, it just preserves all like the deliciousness inside of the burger. It's just like a flavor bomb when you bite into it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we we decided we were gonna do smash burgers and then our partner was adamant about having a fried chicken sandwich. And Chris is not, like he's not crazy about, he never orders chicken anywhere Mm -hmm. we go. Um, I love fried chicken and so, you know, we, we kept going back to the drawing board with that and then it just kind of, you know, we kind of went down the rabbit hole. Um, when we designed the bar program, we, we actually st- were, were bartenders. Mm-hmm. So we started with the bar, and then we moved into the food menu. So I had the mm-hmm. cocktail menu written, like, months before uh, we had a food menu. Yeah. But we wanted, the, we wanted the whole place to be inclusive. So when we started the bar menu and the bar program, I had told Chris, like, you know, when we stopped drinking, the hardest thing for us was to just feel comfortable sitting at a bar. Because right. if you're not drinking and you're sitting at the bar... I don't know what the reason is, but you always feel like you're taking up a bar seat mm-hmm. and that you don't, they don't want you there. And so, you know, that was hard for me when I stopped partying. That, that's all I knew was, like, bartenders. Sure. And so, you know, I would told them, I'm like, we, I want to take the bar back. Like, I want it to be a place that, that you're comfortable and you can sit there and not have alcohol and, and still feel like you're welcome. So he came up with the design of the shape of the bar, which is a horseshoe shape, and... Um, you know, people just sit around, and it's it's awesome because you can talk to everybody from any seat that you're sitting in the bar, um, and you can have a mocktail. We have a huge list of NA beers. I think right now we have like, like six different NA beers. Oh wow! We have um, we're picking up like four different types of gluten free beer. Um, we have a whole mocktail menu on the in the cocktail book. Uh, we also have a whole line of NA spirits as well, um, and then of course we have like the real stuff. Sure. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's great. So how did you create the recipes for all those mocktails and everything like that? Are they as simple as just like the same recipe, just don't use alcohol? No, no. So um, I have I come from a craft cocktail background. Um, I studied under Adam Rath at Hydraulic Hearth. Oh, yeah. Love um, Adam. He's awesome. He is like a magic man behind so the bar. so mad that he moved. I am too. But, you know, he's in Hawaii, so I right. guess, you know, <laughs> it just is what it is. I, I hope he gets sick of the fact that milk's like $9 a gallon <laughs> and he moves back. They <laughs> always come back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I learned from Adam, and I, you know, he took, him and Harry, they took a chance on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a longtime server at Mother's, 
Um, and so, you know, I really wanted to get behind the bar and do craft cocktails. I just thought it would be so cool. And Adam really took me under his wing. I learned, I mean, so much, like just weird things. These weird. are wealth of information. He, uh, sometimes it's like too, it's like Adam overload, <laughs> yes. but, um, you know, he's, he's awesome. And, and so I got to experience learning cocktails from the best person in the industry, yeah. you know, some people will argue maybe there's another person that was better. I, I will challenge anybody on that. Adam, by far, the most talented, knowledgeable uh, craft cocktail person mm-hmm. I've ever met. So, so I learned from him, and then um, he helped me take over Lockhouse, and I was the bar manager at Lockhouse, and I got to mm-hmm. really, for the first time, kind of dive into my own weird brain of cocktails and do a bunch of strange things. So I was doing, like, duck fat washed Negronis. I was doing... Uh, chocolate milk uh, washed mezcal cocktails with um, Calabrian chili syrup and oh, like wow. I was just doing because nobody told me no sure. so you know shout out to Lockhouse thanks for <laughs> <laughs> letting me be super weird um, and so yeah so I mean like that's kind of how the cocktail started and I'm not really you know I'm not a scholar I like I don't really have any other skill set besides the bar stuff and um, a lot of the cocktails I just wrote without having access to the ingredients. Mm-hmm. You know, I always do things from a taste perspective. Um, so I, I used to live in Charleston, South Carolina. I worked for this big wig chef down there. And so I always approach cocktails from like the food perspective. Sure. Um, I never start with the spirit. The spirit's like the afterthought for me. You know, uh, most people start with the spirit, but I start with like a flavor profile or, you know, so, um, all the cocktails and mocktails, I basically wrote all the recipes out. And um, once we finally got our liquor license approved, we just R&D'd it real quick. And that was it. So, so not to cut you off, Derek, my apologies. Um, so that whole process, I like that aspect where you focus on the, the tasting profile first. Because I feel like we run into that issue where we're trying to go spirit first, mm-hmm. opposed to a flavor profile first. Because then you can basically just add the touch of the spirit to incorporate a like its specific tasting profile but you just focus on i want this to be smoky at first yep and then you can kind of pick a scotch and then you go based off of a region to add a little more smoke yeah and and, you know like for me because like i've only been doing craft cocktails now for i don't know eight or nine years Mm -hmm. like i felt like i was kind of like behind the the curve of everything like i don't I couldn't tell you what every flavor profile of right. every scotch or like, right. you know, I, I don't, I just don't know that kind of stuff. So my way of learning about different liquors, besides talking to Adam and bugging him constantly, was <laughs> to just start here and then do a little research of like, how can I get this type of flavor? And then, you know, here we are. Do you have to have a liquor license to make only mocktails? Um, no. Okay. Nope. I just didn't know if it's like the environment of basically a cocktail. Nope. Do some mocktails, though, have alcohol in them, even if it's just a small portion? So, uh, yes and no. Okay. Um, a lot. So, for me, <clears throat> when I stopped drinking, like, I really tried to cut out, like, all alcohol. Mm-hmm. But, like, we'll drink any beers. Like, yeah. I'll use bitters. But if you're in the program or, you, you know, you vehemently do not want any alcohol... 
um, if you go to a place that serves mocktails, it probably does have some sort of trace of alcohol in it. Like if they have a splash of Angostura bitters in it, mm-hmm. like it's not a mocktail now. Now it's, you know, it's left for interpretation. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so like ours have zero alcohol, okay. so it's zero percent. We don't put anything that has any sort of bitters that are in it. Very good. <laughs> it's very, to your point, it's very similar to decaf coffee. It's still like 5% caffeinated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, so, I, you know, my, um, so my father and brother are both like in the program, and they like no alcohol, no, mm-hmm. no nothing. Like my dad doesn't even want to drink like cough syrup. So... I didn't even realize like that until I was kind of in that, um, you know, dealing with somebody that was like, you know, in the program and, you know, we want this place to be inclusive. We want you to know that we're going to be respectful of your wishes, your wishes. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're not going to sneak anything in there that you don't want. So, you know, we use, um, like glycerin based bitters, Mm. um, that we get from this company in Colorado and, um, yeah, we just, you know, we put a couple drops in there and, and uh, you know, they don't have the same mouthfeel because they're glycerin-based, but, um, you know, it gets the job done and people, I think, super appreciate the fact that we give that extra little bit of love. It's not just, you know, it's not a juice box. Right, yeah. You know? That's awesome. I, I mean, we we hooked up at the mocktail event yep. at Hartman's from Nickel City Pretty and your cocktail was fantastic, or oh, your mocktail was fantastic. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The, the flavors in there was just, it was mind-blowing that it didn't, it felt like it had alcohol in it just because I was expecting it to. Yeah, right. <laughs> but at the same time, like, that's a good kind of, like, way to figure out that this is not any alcohol in it. This is something that you can enjoy for any occasion. It doesn't have to be at a bar scene. It doesn't have to be – you don't have to feel pressured to have alcohol in it because it tastes just like if it basically did. Yeah, so there's, like, a lot of products that you can use to kind of get, like, that alcohol um, component – like, like – flavor feel you know like teas are great because they have drying agents in them so like a lot of times like i we used an an oolong tea in ours um there's also i'm trying to think like what else we've used like you could put two ounces of of pepsi into a cocktail tin and shake it without it like exploding all over you Hmm. um and it'll do the same thing so like you'll get that like that like dark sugar kind of malty vibe to it from using different sodas. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can really branch out with without actually physically putting the spirit in. And, and honestly, like, for us, we'll drink a 12-pack of, like, mm-hmm. Jenny N.A.'s watching the Bills game. Right. Um, you know, and it just, for us, I mean, it just feels... Feels right. Feels right. <laughs> you just don't do all the crazy shit after. Yeah, right. Right, right, exactly. We're not trying to kill anybody afterwards. So. You're that's, supposed to, though. That's fascinating <laughs> that you can substitute, like, soda for the the same type of flavor that you would get with alcohol. Because we talk about it all the time with a lot of bourbons mimic, like, flat Dr. Pepper. Yep. And if you put an ounce or two of Dr. Pepper in there, shake it around, it's going to be flat. And then it gives you that same, like, cherry, oaky Yep. Pro- profile to it. I didn't yeah. even think of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, we, we really try to, like, branch out and do as much as we can. Be- and honestly, probably if I wasn't, if I still drank, maybe I wouldn't have put so much thought into it. Because a lot of times, like, having an NA option, it really is an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Like, we go out, anytime we go out, we always try to get an NA beer. Nine times out of ten, people don't have one. Sure. Or it's, like, the last thing. It's, like, we have no duels. Yep. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Here's a Bax. And it's, like, yeah. 
Cool, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's the same thing with a mocktail. I'll be like, oh, can I get a mocktail? And we'll go out to dinner. And I'm like, okay, well, this is just lemonade. Thank you. Right. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> thanks for the lemonade. Um, but Do you want a quarter for my cup of lemonade? <laughs> <laughs> so where does this logo and name tie into everything? Because I feel like that was a brainchild between the two of you of, I quick idea that I have in my head. You came up with it and then you asked for a blessing. Like, what do you think? For what? For, uh, for the logo and name. Um, well, we, it, one of the things that we wanted is we wanted to pay like homage to the old burger joints of like the, you know, 50s. Oh, cool. Okay. So that was kind of the thing. That's what we knew we wanted. We wanted like a, a little character of some sort. We could not come up with a name. We had the hardest time. We were going to name our, it was going to be Burger Daddies. And uh, there was one in California. We were we were just stumped. And our partner, his uh, they had a squirrel that kept on getting into their house, and their daughter was feeding it. It uh, was like 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 swinging from like the chandelier. Like it was like in the house, like constantly. And she named it Mister Sizzles. So, and so he told us this. So like you gotta under we gotta like backtrack a little. Yeah, bit. yeah, please do. So <laughs> so we. For months, went back and forth about a name. We were like losing our mind, and at this point, we're like, "Shit, we got to figure something out because we can't apply for our liquor license, a business, for, like any of this stuff without." We need a name. We need yeah. we need a name, and uh, I love you, John. But the names he came up with were really bad. Oh, and for and you know, to his defense, the names we came up with weren't super great either. Burger Daddy. It sounded sexy to me at the time, but like, yeah, you know, we Mr. Have, Sizzles is way cooler. There was Get Smashed Burger. Get Smashed. Um, John wanted Working Man Burger, which is so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like Luke's Diner. Yeah, yeah. from yeah, Gilmore Girls. Exactly. Um, oh he also he also came up with Zombie Burger. Some people liked Zombie Burger, yeah. but that's just like not like that's just like not who we yeah, are sure. as people. Right. Like it just felt we felt very disconnected from the name. But then, and then he dropped it on us. He dropped us. it on us as a joke. He's like, oh, oh Mr. Sizzles. And we're like, like, what? <laughs> He's like, you've been sleeping on this that's for exactly, how long? Literally, that's exactly what he said. You've been sleeping on this? Like, what are you doing? And he was like, well, I don't know. I don't know. So then we went. Because in my head, there was a guy. There was always like a little a character. A little character sure. of some you sort. Know. And so um, we, we originally had like a squirrel with like okay. a... You know, a, a little chef's hat little, thing. Yeah, yeah like a, a diner hat, you know, and then an apron, and he was kind of like running. And I told Chris, I'm like, I just don't want to associate a squirrel with our meat. Like, right. I, you know what I mean? I, I, it just didn't feel like a good fit. And so we hired this guy, Ferris, sat down with him, had a bunch of meetings. He's in New York City, he's one of John's buddies. <clears throat> and uh, we were kind of, we gave him, we told him what we wanted. We're like, think Archie Comics. Yeah, think oh, wimpy, cool. think wimpy Popeye, think Archie Comics. You know, think about your childhood, like when you'd go to McDonald's, and like even though Ronald McDonald's super scary looking when you were a kid, oh, yeah. like he was the man. He was Without the freaking man. <laughs> yeah. Like the Hamburglar, who is the Grimace? Like, come on. <laughs> so you know, Chris, uh, <clears throat> that was like all Chris coming up with the little character, and he was mm. he was adamant about having one. And it, yeah. It's- so the first rendition was just Mr. Sizzle's hands kind of like pointing in different directions. Sure. And he was like, you know, but it just didn't feel, it didn't feel like the restaurant that we were, had been talking about for so long. And then he, um, he came up with this little character and yeah, killed it. 
Chris hated it at first, and I fell in love with it. And he was like, man, I want this squirrel. And I was like, dude, we're like, I'm pulling the wife card here. Like, I'm putting my foot down and no on the, no on the squirrel. And then, but like, my we went, friend also came up with the squirrel, too. Yeah, so. well, that was the other thing. But then, you know, after a couple of days of him staring at it and us going back and forth and then laying it on branded material, you know, laying it on, like, a paper cup right. and laying it on a fry box and... We just knew, yeah. like immediately, like something just clicked one day. We were like, "This is it. This is, this is the guy." Like, yeah, that's you know? cool. <clears throat> so the first couple months we were open, we tried to be a little mysterious about the way we were posting, and so we only posted um, drawings of Mr. Sizzles. We didn't post any hmm. menu. We didn't post our because we didn't have one. <laughs> we didn't have one, but you know, thanks for telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with the name Mr. Sizzles, though, you need a person in the logo to be the Mr. Like, yeah. to, to basically put one and two together to come up with, like, Mr. Sizzles. The, the squirrel would have been cool, too. But, like, the the guy or person behind that is, like, I'm just looking right over your head because that's <laughs> where the logo is right now. But, like, he is kind of Mr. Sizzle. Yeah. What, what's, oh, yeah. what's he got in his hands? Like, is it supposed to be a certain thing? Oh, uh, so it's like the, so like if he's, the, where, where he's holding onto the, so we, we shaped it to look like, kind of like our burger bun. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. That makes sense. So he's it's peeking so cool. up over the top of the burger. Yep. I like that. Yeah. That's really cool. So with that whole vibe that you were going with, with the logo, you, you, tr- like the environment and the atmosphere in here isn't 50s diner. It's different. So how did you... So it's different. So like our color palette is definitely in that spectrum mm-hmm. of, of like, you know, diner-esque. Um, but we wanted to incorporate more of, um, you know, just some like warm wood. And like we redid the floors, although you can't really tell because they scratched up very quickly. But um, Well, you know, and also we... it's like it's been done. You know, there's, what is it, Johnny Rockets? Or, right, yeah. yeah. You know, so you got those places that are, like, 50-style diners or whatever. It's like, we just wanted, you know, we wanted the vibe. What's the, pla- what, what's the place you always say? The place in the Galleria? No. <laughs> From Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, let's, like, where they Like the Max? Yeah. Oh, the Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, so he, wa- he wanted it to be something fun and, yeah. you know, and I listen. I, I've been saying this forever. Like, ask her. Like, we'll go to Ted's, you know. And I'd be like, if they put a bar in Ted's, this place would be a money maker, you know. And she's like, you're nuts. She's saying about Five Guys too. She's like, man, can you imagine if there'd be a bar inside of Five Guys? I'm like, you're saying that because you're an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> but he was right. Yeah, know? he was honest out there. He definitely was. But yeah. you know, so like the like the the logo, the color palette. I mean, that is is definitely that. But then like the music we play, we play like all like eighties oh, music. Cool. So it's so like we have some seventies rock, and then it's like basically all eighties, like of every genre of eighties music you can think of. Um, you know, we just wanted it to be different. We wanted to stand out, and so even though we started at the cocktail menu, I mean, because of you know, COVID was kind of a we ran with COVID, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So we were just like, we are depre- We were depressed the year before in 2020. And we were like, after spending two months cooped up in a little three bedroom apartment in North Buffalo with two kids that were making us lose our minds. We just decided at some point, like I can't keep losing my mind and crying every day and freaking out and being afraid. Like we're gonna turn this into something positive for us. So we just, 
hit the ground running. And we yeah, had, I feel like, you know, Casey worked on the cocktails. I worked on the food. And uh, that, that was pretty much it, you know? It's amazing. It's literally the American dream. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's... I mean, we got our shot, you know? Yeah. You know, we were bartenders. I mean, it was either buy a house or open up a restaurant. And we said, screw it, let's... Uh, Let's go for a restaurant. Like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have to work in a restaurant the rest of my life, anyways. I don't have any other skill sets. It's not like tomorrow I'm gonna be an attorney. Like you know, this is, this is who we are. And so, you know, we just kind of pushed forward. And I mean, it's been awesome. You know? Well, congrats. I mean, that's Thanks. that's Thank a giant leap. But yeah, I mean, you're crushing it. So how does the vibe in here change from the diner food aspect to then the late night cocktail? Honestly, it's kind of an all-day cocktail. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. That's oh, what I'm I mean, about. like, yeah, exactly. Well, it's Buffalo. You <laughs> yeah, know what right, I mean? Correct. <laughs> Sun's up. Time to crack one open. Well, so <laughs> That's what's nice about the flow of the restaurant. You know, the bar is over there. The dining room's here. But it's still... It's open. It, it just works. You know, we, yeah. were, we were a little nervous at first. I, you know, I say our, one of our first Friday nights, we did something with Jameson. You know, we had people handing out shots of Jameson and... I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. And then I saw a family, you know, a husband, wife with a wagon with two little kids walking up. And I was, I didn't know how it was going to go. Like, are they going to, you know, leave and tell their friends not to come here because it's like a party? And, uh, you know, the girl handing out shots of Jameson, just doing what she was supposed to, walked right up to the people with the wagon and little kids. And I'm just watching it, thinking it's going to be this train wreck. And, you know, the dad does his shot and so does the mom. And they, they, <laughs> got, they, they got their food. You know, the kids had their milkshakes and were kind of running around and they were, you know, they were each drinking a beer and they, I mean, they thanked us. They're like, this is a place we could come with our kids. We can have a couple drinks, you know. It's the most Buffalo story ever. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Like, we don't mind if your kids are destroying the dining room because, you know, it's. We have, you know, we have a two-year-old and a 15-year-old. And so when we go out to eat, like, that's the hardest thing is like. I'm in for a hundred bucks every friggin' time I walk out the door. And then I get annoyed because my daughter, my 15 year old is so picky. um, And unless they have mac and cheese and chicken nuggets, she's pissed and doesn't want to eat anything, (laughs) you know? And it's like, there's just, I wanted a place that was affordable that you can bring your family. You can have a family of four here and you can be under 60 bucks Mm -hmm. and feed them. and, And it's great. And so, you know, it's loud enough in here where your kids can run around and cause a ruckus, and like the table next to you, like doesn't even freaking sure. realize it. And the bar is separate enough where you're not uncomfortable that people are are drinking. Like I remember being <laughs> working at Mother's. I will have stories from that place until the day I die. <laughs> um, but I remember working at Mother's, and there were a group of these guys that would come in every single day and get blackout, like annihilated blackout hammered and the one guy would sit at the bar and sing at the top of his lungs at like at, we're not talking at two o'clock in the morning I, this is like five thirty. you know what i mean so there would be a family in this restaurant with white tablecloths and then 10 feet away would be this the regular regular <laughs> yeah. drunk screaming for shots of stolio just pounding glasses of wine, singing at the top of his lungs, and families would be pissed. And it's like, you know, you just need a place where people can do that, but right. you can't really hear them doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we did it so that would be, you know, a little bit of an open concept. Um, 
you know, and there were some challenges with the build out because of the structure of the building and kind of things that are already in its place. You know, there are these big pillars, there's, um, you know, floor to ceiling windows. So like it yeah. gets freaking noisy in here. Um, but nobody seems to really mind. Yeah. I mean, people come back multiple times a week and, you know, and it is nice that you can come in here with your family and feel like you're in a cool, like popular restaurant and not feel obligated to like partake in any of the shenanigans that are happening sure. at the table and, next to you or the bar or whatever. And, and that's what we really try to do here is be inclusive. You know, everybody's welcome, everybody. And we try to have something for everybody. So, you know, you could come here with your family. You know, we get a lot of college students that kind of hang out here. You could get the best burger in the city. You know, you can get one of the best cocktails. And, you know, if you don't drink, you know, we have the mocktails. And if you're vegan, we have a huge vegan selection. Oh, cool. You know, so you can get vegan burgers, shakes. Uh, you know, we, we really, really try to be inclusive just so everybody's welcome. We, yeah, and we then, don't charge for gluten-free rolls. You know, yeah. we've had people cool. thank us for that. It's, you know, it's not your fault, you know. We'll, yeah, really. Right. Well, and so when we kind of like dove into those mocktails, we, told, you know, Chris was like, we have to put that kind of attention to detail in the food as well as the milkshakes. And so like for the, for the food, we cook all the vegan stuff on a separate flat top. They have like the vegan milkshakes have their own blenders, their own tins. And so... It was a little bit more like upfront cost for us, sure. but but you know we weren't cutting corners. We wanted to we do didn't it want, right and exactly. be mindful of everybody. And you know, like I got nothing but love for vegan people. I yeah. I lack conviction. You know, I couldn't. Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> you know, but I respect it big time. Yeah. So you know, I mean, like that's kind of where the th the thought. And again, like mocktails are always an afterthought. Well, so are people that are vegan. Mm -hmm. Or like if you have a dietary restriction, like why is that? It's so easy to provide for everyone rather than singling groups out. I mean, as a restaurant owner, first of all, you're missing out on a whole another clientele that you could have in your place. And anybody that's – those vegans, they are freaking diehard. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they are oh, yeah. just – when they find a place, because they don't have a ton of options, I mean, now now more so than they did probably 10 years ago. Oh, but without a doubt. They just, you know, they didn't have all those options. And here, you can come here with your non-vegan friends or your, you know, if you're vegan, with your parents that probably don't understand why you're vegan and sit down and have a burger and a milkshake and fries like you would when you were a kid. And you can have whatever you want. Your parents can have whatever you want. And there's something for everybody. And, uh, yeah. you know. And like Casey said, we have a separate griddle that we cook, you know, the impossible meat on. We have, you know, behind the counter, we have black scoops, black tins. You know that that's for, you know, dairy-free, vegan. Okay. Our, uh, we have two different fryers, one for chicken, one for fries. So, you know, your fries aren't in a fryer that chicken's being cooked in. So we really, we really try to pay attention to the details. And That's awesome. So if you guys aren't owners, <clears throat> take us into a situation where you're coming in as a customer. What are you ordering, like, for your entire meal? I mean, it's so hard because, like, I go back and forth. Chris and I have been eating this food. Like, <laughs> I wasn't always shaped like this, you know what I mean? So Chris and I have been eating this friggin' food for so long that, like, every time I have this discussion, it's, like, something different. So it used to be, I'd always say my go-to was the Queen City, which is the fried chicken sandwich. You know, it's a tribute to Buffalo. It's that, you know, 
We took things from gyms. <laughs> gym steakhouse. Well, we took things from everything. You yeah. know, when I was 16, I worked at a, at a pizzeria, and I'd eat a Royal, like, every day on my break. Sure. You know, so the, we, we have a burger. That's the Royal, where instead of sausage, just, you know, a patty with provolone, capicola, lettuce, tomato, onion. We, you know, they toss nice. the lettuce and a little bit of sub oil, and it's like when you eat it, it's like this burger could have only came from Buffalo. You know, so I'd say that's my go-to. Honestly, it's awesome. I think my go-to currently is the butter burger. Yeah, that's like my second It is favorite. just like, so it's stupid how good it is. <laughs> what so, is on that? So it's actually really simple. It's a, our, so our brioche, we have a brioche bun. And actually our, our brioche bun is actually vegan. Oh, um, okay. And so... Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but um, instead yeah, don't of, tell them. <laughs> cut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so instead of it being like uh, brushed with egg white, it's brushed with a, a sunflower oil. Mm. Um, and so it's a uh, the brioche bun, the smash patty, two pieces of cheese on every burger. Yep. Um, diced onion, and then it's just a huge slab of butter on top of it, and it just melts, and it's like, oh my god, it's so perfect. It, it's just like. I had one the other day, and I was like, oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> like, this is so good. But the peanut, the, the in a jiffy was, like, my go-to for a long time, and that's just our peanut butter burger. So it's smash burger, peanut butter, cream cheese, and grape jelly. Um, with and then with fresh jalapenos on it. Casey came up with that one. Yeah. That's a little stoner delight. Yeah. Right <laughs> Might as well tell the family. <laughs> Hopefully they're all listening to this podcast, but Casey's a huge pothead. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, a lot of the menu was was written under the influence of marijuana, so you know, <laughs> it pairs doubt. really well with with weed, yeah. and uh, yeah, so it's it's great. Um, the, I think the other big like popular burger right now is the melt, and it's a okay. it's a burger, and it's um, honey mustard. We make all the sauces in house, honey mustard, and then it's pressed between two grilled cheese sandwiches. So we take our brioche bun, we flip it upside down, so like the puff part of it, um, we put the cheese on it, we smash it together, so you get two buns, like two full brioche buns, and it's like smashed between it. I mean, it's like this big. With with bread and butter pickles. Yeah, bread and butter pickles. Sautéed onions. Tons of cheese. I mean, it's phenomenal. (laughs) That's awesome. Derek is literally going to start starving. (laughs) I know. Wow. So where can people find you on social media and then what are your hours? Because now people are basically just going to try to find photos and then (laughs) come here. So on Instagram, we're at Mr. Sizzles. It's all spelled out. M-I-S-T-E-R-S-I-Z-Z-L-E-S. Same with Twitter. Um, We're on Facebook. And... We're open seven days a week. We're open seven days a week, 11 to 11. We're located at 346 Connecticut Street in Buffalo's West Side. Um, and then, and then Sundays, 11 to 3, we do have brunch. So we have uh, drink specials and we have a brunch menu. Yeah, and we run our brunch menu with our full house menu as well. So um, just from 11 a.m. to 3 on Sundays, you can get like a burger with an mm-hmm. egg on it. Cool. Uh, we also make a special breakfast patty that we do only on Sundays. Bacon um, and sausage. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it was funny because... Derek, Derek and I were like, all right, Mr. Sizzle's going to be on. All right, I'm going to look up their hours, and then we can coordinate when we can do it. Hey, man, they're open every day of the week. They just, like, <laughs> never close. Yeah, I was like, so <laughs> we have to work around their hours, and then that's that led us to today and this morning because we're just like, we got we to gotta beat the, the mob. <laughs> yeah. Especially on a weekend. Yeah. We're like, how are we going to do this? Well, it's so crazy. Like, 
when when we were kind of going through like the ebb and flow of opening the restaurant um the first thing that we put money into was t-shirts and so we put our logo on all these shirts and we passed them out and we just gave them to everybody people walking by in the street all of our bartender friends and everybody recognized the logo before we even opened so when we first opened people thought we were a chain restaurant they're like, oh, no, okay. man, like, we're from Buffalo. <laughs> I was just bartending at this shithole, like, like, six months ago. Like, my problem is, like, we're from here. We're not, like, you know, some big corporation that's coming in trying to, like, sh- you know, shake things up on the west side. Like, like we are <laughs> through and through locals. Um, and so, you know, like, we just want to kind of give back to the community and have a, a safe place for everybody to come and eat and it be affordable and fun and, you know, different than on mm-hmm. every other place. And so, Cheers you know, that. Yeah, yeah. You guys thank you. It. Thank you. Yeah. You know, we try to give back to the community as much as possible. We're always run, doing fundraisers and stuff. Um, and I think like the most important part for what we've done here is, um, you know, this platform we've stood on about the importance of changing the restaurant industry. Mm. Um, yeah, so, restaurants are fucked up. I, a lot of people don't realize it, but they, they yeah. are. Yeah, I mean, a lot, you know, this industry can chew you up and spit you out really fast. And so what are you guys doing for that? So, uh, well, it started with, um, you know, appreciating the staff. Like, the place that we had worked at before was... The devil. Awful to their staff. Like, awful. Uh, I remember, we won't name names, but, like, during COVID, the month of December, they had, like, 32 people test positive for COVID. It never shut down. They wouldn't tell you if you worked with somebody that tested positive. They weren't cleaning. They were serving wine and glasses with mold in it. They weren't using dish detergent in the dish machine. I mean, it was it was bad. I'd never worked in a restaurant like. I mean, that's like an extreme case. I'd never worked in a restaurant like that. That was so blatantly abusive to their staff and awful to work for. And so, you know, when we were like writing out our business plan and figuring out how we wanted to staff everything, I was like. If this is common practice in a restaurant that's probably doing like $9 million a year in sales, it's probably happening all over the Mm -hmm. country. And so we didn't want to become the white knights of the restaurant industry, but like we we really took a stand and we continue to take a stand about uh, a lot of the injustices that happen in this industry. It's disgusting. It's heartbreaking. And, um, you know, we just... The only way it stops is if we stop accepting that it's a normal thing. Right. So, um, you know, we're, we're very, proud of it. Yeah, yeah, we're super proud of it. We're super, super, super staff forward. Um, we make sure that they are paid exceptionally well. Uh, we make sure we have zero tolerance for drugs and alcohol, zero tolerance for sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. You're not walking into this place um, and being screamed at by the owners. You're not being talked down to by your managers. You're not being harassed. You're not being treated like shit. Um, which is which is pretty friggin' normal in this industry. Um, but and with we, with that, we got we have the most talented, overqualified staff for like you know doing what we're doing. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of the the people that we do have working here believe in that vision of of changing changing the restaurant industry. Sure. You know, I mean, it has to stop. Like so, you know, we provide. Um, through our human resources that we use, we have uh, addiction uh, relief services, we have housing services, we have, you know, we try to just provide everything. We also have 401k option, full benefits, um, you know, the things that you would get at any other job in the world. People, 
you know, Chris says it all the time. When he would be bartending, people would come in and go, so what's your real job? Yeah, like, yeah. They, you know, they think I just do it on the weekends. And I'm, yeah, and it's like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a bartender. You know, right. thank you very much. You know, and, and I'm proud of it. You know, I, I love this industry so much, you know. Yeah. So. Do you think that the other restaurants are just like owner greed is what's causing all of their stuff? No, or do you I think, think it's, it's just the norm. No, I think it's the know? norm. And, and here's the other thing. I think that a lot of times, at least in the earlier years, a lot of times with restaurants, they're not owned by people that have maybe worked in restaurants. It's not, I mean, that's not, you know, like a cookie cutter mold sure, for, yeah. for every single restaurant. Because believe me, there are plenty of places that are uh, restaurant worker owned. Um, but... That started with, you know, I think probably knowing that you can pay your bartenders less than minimum wage or your servers and, uh, you know, kind of demoralizing people that are in the back of house, which are the hardest working individuals. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we have... The unsung heroes right there. When we did our staff training, Chris, you should tell them about like how, like about if if you're working in the dish... Oh yeah, it's one of those. You know, you have to respect every role. You know, when we inter- when we introduced our manager te- uh, team, you know, I said this is our executive chef, Jason Ramos. You could call him Chef or Chef Jason, but that's the the title he earned. You know, you got to show him that respect and call him it. Mm-hmm. You know, I said anybody that uh, you know gives the dishwasher a hard time, disrespects him, you know, shits on him, anything like that, we're just gonna schedule you a dish shift. Because the role is so important. It's the most important role in the restaurant, you know. And they get treated like shit at most mm-hmm. places where, you know, I mean, that's that's my hero right there. You know, our dishwasher got employee of the month two months ago. Yeah. You know, just because he's that good. Yeah, yeah we, and we do, we do these, like, programs, right? So we do, like, employee of the month. So every month we choose an employee of the month. We put a nice little blurb out on our hot schedules. Like, it's a scheduling app that we use for the staff. Um, and then we give them 100 bucks cash. We also give them a piece of merch. And, um, you know, they just, it's important that the staff knows how much we appreciate sure. them because we wouldn't be this successful if it wasn't for them. And so the and, staff for us has always been front and center. And, and you, and you feel that, that when you walk mm-hmm. in the restaurant. Yeah. And with that, you know, there is a, we aren't here as much as we were in the very beginning. So there was a there's a gentleman that started working for us, you know. So I introduced myself, and and he he told me he's like this is the most professional, well-run kitchen I've ever worked in, and it just like I could have cried, you know. It was, and so we're just so thankful, you know. It it kind of we we kind of set the stage, and like everybody followed, and mm-hmm. yeah. And so you know, I think once once you're working in, in a restaurant and you're working in an environment that like you know you're appreciated and you know that like your owners think highly of you. Mm-hmm. They don't look at you like just another body in the door. Um, there's a different level of love that goes into everything you do. And you can taste that in the food. Sure. You can feel that as soon as you open that front door, you're greeted by our awesome um, milkshake staff that's at the counter. I mean, those guys are so freaking busy. They're yeah. making 300 milkshakes a day probably. That's insane because my sister grew up serving ice cream. Yeah. yeah. She was in it's the not, industry and she's like, I hate milkshakes. We, and we do like old school. So like we have the stick blenders, right? Like yeah. the little thing with, you know. So every single person in here, you walk in, they got a smile on their face. They're happy. They're they're talking to the guests that's walking in the door. You know, they're, they're joking around with each other. I mean, it's just like 
it feels like a family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm super proud of that because, yeah, hell you know, yeah. you it's, it's not like that everywhere. I, right. actually, I actually took a lot of the way the Zemskis, um, which is a big restaurant family, yep. they, they own Hydraulic Hearth and um, Swan, Swan, Street, yeah. Yeah, Swan Diner and uh, Larkin. And um, I took a lot of the way they treated their employees to here because, like, I remember when I first started working for them, Harry came up and he was like, oh, here, this is for you. And I was like, what, what is it? And I opened it. It was, an, it was a check for 100 bucks, and it was a Christmas bonus. I'd never gotten a Christmas. I mean, I never had gotten anything at sure. any job I had ever worked at. And I was just kind of like blown away by that. And so it was things like that, you know, I mean, it was it was more than just the $100 at Christmas time. I mean, he would take us to hockey games and, you know, we did our, our hydraulic car fantasy football league draft at his house and he provided food. And, I mean, he just, his, him and his family have always been so good to their staff. And I was like, damn, this is freaking awesome. Like, what a good environment for me to work in. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we wanted to convey that to to everybody, um, you know. Yeah. Treat the restaurant. Treat the restaurant people good. <laughs> right, because they're they're valued. You know, I mean, I, I want Mr. Sizzles to be a place where if, if you take this industry serious and you want to make a career out of it, we'll give you all the tools here mm-hmm. and treat you the way you should be treated. That's I, like that. I mean, that's yeah. amazing. And everything that you guys just said is just a kudos to you on how you're running well, your business you. because, like, your Thanks. employees are great. But they're learning it from you guys as well. So you, well, very I, well done. I think like my biggest thing is is like if Mr. Sizzles isn't the right fit for you, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I hope wherever you go, you can take what we've taught you into that and just be like, listen, you know, or at least treat know, me better. yeah, and know their <laughs> worth exactly. Know your so worth. So you're going to a new place and be like, listen, this exactly. is how I used to be treated. I know what the restaurant industry should treat you like. Yep. I'm not going to take up or put up with your shit here. Yeah, I mean, Chris has a huge corporate background, so, like, we put in a lot of, like, corporate policies Mm -hmm. into, and honestly, it's been great. And it's just things like no drinking Mm -hmm. on the job, you know. Don't blow coke, like, you know. (laughs) Taking the the easy things. Don't blow coke. (laughs) (laughs) So, just, like, the easy stuff. And, you know, it's worked out, and almost, almost all of our staff we've had since we opened, um, and and since we trained them in... uh, so we trained everybody for like two, a little over two weeks, or was it two weeks? Two weeks, two weeks. before we opened. We opened May 24th was our friends and family. Nice. And uh, almost everybody is still with us. Um, some of the bartenders have left, but the uh, the kitchen staff is all the same, um, which is crazy. And the counter staff is basically all the same too. That's awesome. Um, and even the, like the bartenders that left, you know, it wasn't like, you know, they, they left because they got offered great opportunities to do their own thing. You know, go check out Kraft and Cork in Hamburg. You yeah. know, those guys are all sizzle bartenders. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was, it's been a really awesome, like, learning experience, growing experience, and uh, super humbling, you know. Chris and I, I was a total shithead before I stopped drinking, and so... You know, I've kind of like taken back control of my life, my happiness, my destiny, and um, you know, I just always want to put out positivity and, and and love in this industry, and you know. And it's easy when you're in Buffalo, right? Yeah. Right, because it's the greatest yeah. city in the world, and there's nothing like it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. This has been a great discussion, and we, you, you have to come here and check it out because this whole environment that they're 
creating here. All their food is great. Their cocktails are great. Their mocktails are great. They have every option that you can even imagine. So come here and check it out for yourself and meet these two people because they're amazing. So. Yep. And Bills by a billion. We're going oh, yeah. to the Super Bowl this year. So. Oh, yeah. Go Bills. <laughs> we will go be Bills. closed for the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're closed for the Super Bowl. So. There you go. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate your time. Thank, thank you, you so Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.